welcome to Demand Does the Six Questions, where the same six questions can tell a unique story. I am your host, Demand, father of two, husband of one, and leader of this here Demodcast. Whether it's your first time or this time, thank you for tuning in for another six questions. Please take time out to jump on the podcast app you're listening to right now and leave a five-star review. And it could say anything from I like cream cheese to what is question number six. After you finish that, please tell your friends. That's how you can grow the show and more people can join the conversation. My next guest has celebrated his birthday in five soon-to-be-six countries. He's an ordained priest and is getting a puppy! He is also the co-host of the Shonen Flop podcast, where they dive into canceled manga. Please give it up for David Weinberger. Me. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited to be here. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time out to talk to a perfect stranger. I appreciate it. Hey, we're not strangers anymore. Now we're recording a podcast together. That's a, that's a bond. Yes, there's, it's a bond for a bunch of crazy people. Before we get into the six questions, tell us where you would like to be found on the internet. Oh, absolutely. You can find my podcast, Shonen Flop, at shonenflop.com. That's S-H-O-N-E-N-F-L-O-P. We are a manga review podcast. If you don't mind, I'll go into it a little bit. Essentially, what we do is me, my co-host, and a guest take a look at manga that ran in Shonen Jump. That's the place where Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Micro Academia all started. And it turns out there's a lot of crap that runs in that magazine that doesn't last, you know, doesn't last for 10 years. So we take a look and see, you know, were they hidden treasures or did they deserve to be a flop? And spoiler alert, about 70% of the time, they're utter garbage. Well, one thing I love about your show is you, you do, even with the really, really bad ones, you'll find something positive, even if it's just the art or a character. But you'll also take ideas from it and actually try to make it better. Hearing, you know, some critiques, it's just, you're just beating them down, beating them down. But you guys are like, well, there's some, there's a, there's a gem here. We, maybe you could have done, they could have done this. Maybe we could have done this. There's, so there's a, there's a positive spin to your show that I really enjoy. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate you giving it a listen. Definitely. That's my favorite part of the show is talking about where it could have gone and what it could have done to have turned itself into a proper series. And I'm not going to lie though. It is it is absolutely hysterical listening to your co-host get absolutely irate sometimes. It is hilarious. If you really want to hear that, we have a, we have a sister show, as some people have put it, called Anime Out of Context, where he and the host of that show got into a fight so bad I actually went and I got food and came back and they were still arguing about the same topic. <laughs> I would definitely recommend check out Anime Out of Context, our episode on Dress Up Darling. Where Jordan and Rem just really got at it for about twenty minutes. Wow! <laughs> You're like you know, never a dull time when we record with them. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right, my good man, are you ready to answer the six questions? Oh, of course, I was born ready. Question number one: When did you know you wanted to get into podcasting? I think I really enjoy podcasting just because I enjoy talking and I, I mean, that's really it. I have a lot to say, as I'm sure you can tell right now. And just thought, hey, you know, during COVID, everyone's got a lot of downtime. 
this is a topic I think that would be really fun to talk about. And I didn't know how to edit video. So I said, eh, why not make a podcast? <laughs> so how did Shonen Flop come about? If I remember correctly, the first manga you guys reviewed was the catalyst for that. Is that yes. correct? Yes. So it was Zipman. So I had actually read Zipman. And I thought it was interesting, and I actually dropped it when it ran. So I've now read Zipman about five times across different podcasts that have had me talk about it. And I just thought, this is interesting. This wasn't very good, but it had a lot of potential. What other manga in this magazine does no one talk about? And so that's really how I got started. And then here we are, 67 episodes later, we've covered a lot of good and a lot of bad. Yes, you have. I was doing some research and I discovered that you are into D- quite the D&D GM. Yes, I, I also play Dungeons and Dragons every Tuesday. I've got a great, great group of friends. It's a 10-person campaign. Oh my gosh. I don't run it. I haven't DM'd in a while. Just I unfortunately don't have the time. Podcast kind of ate up that, but mm. it's still really fun playing D&D every week. So shout out to them. Why uh, not a D&D podcast, like an actual play or, or, or even an advice thing? I thought about that, but that is a lot of work. And I think the bar is just so high nowadays between things like Dungeons and Daddies, not a D&D podcast, uh, Roll20, or not Roll20, the Adventure Zone back when it was good. It's also hard because you need to really create a lot of content. That means you're editing. You know, editing a podcast is exponential. Editing one, two people, not that big a deal. But when you get a third, your the editing time just doubles. And I honestly can't imagine editing a three-hour podcast with five people in it in having any sort of sanity or or having episodes come out monthly. Wow. I never thought about that. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely I wish I could. Question number two. What do you wish you had known when you started out? I think being like really putting some effort into your audio quality. So we did one definitely knew we wanted the podcast to be edited and polished but we were not using good microphones and you can tell and here's the thing your first episode will always be your first episode and someone is going to listen to that and your audio might be professional quality a year later but people are going to hear you know absolute dog crap i don't know if i can swear on this show or not but that's the thing and so really i would honestly recommend if you can just get like a decent quality 30 or 30 to 50 dollar microphone because if you're really going to stick to it, you'll know you'll already have good audio quality from day one. And that really gives you an advantage for a lot of podcasts. Mm. So you guys updated as you went. Yeah. So we, we've upgraded our microphones, I think, twice now. So really, we're in a pretty good spot. There's definitely room for improvement. But I think one of the things as well is we, we want to make sure that our audio quality is consistent. So that one of us doesn't sound super professional. One doesn't because it would rather us sound relatively close rather than one of us having a really good microphone and one of us not but i think our audio quality is pretty good you, you can tell me if you think that in our latest episodes if you think there's all much room for improvement question number three what's your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant oh man i'm one of those people that every type of cuisine i have like one thing and i always get it so for me it's getting chicken and broccoli at this Chinese restaurant near me every time. My dad even would get two at them so I could have one for, for lunch the next day. So I live by it, and that's what I say every time I go and get Chinese food. My girlfriend already knows. She's like, if they don't have chicken and broccoli in the menu, David David's going to have a challenge eating here. <laughs> Not that I can't be flexible, but it is one of the things is I first 
first thing I go to on the menu every time I get Chinese. When did that happen? You know, is it, is it just a thing that just kind of developed over time? Or? It happened in college. So I, I took my sister's gluten-free and she made me do a dare not to eat gluten for a week. And I just went to the food court and I was trying to find something that didn't have gluten in it. And chicken and broccoli based in rice, I said, all right, there you go. And it's been a love affair ever since. So 10, 10 plus years of chicken and broccoli love. Wow. All over a bet. She's <laughs> not even gluten-free anymore. She found out that she didn't, she didn't need to be. And look what you got out of it. Yeah, I really made out. Question number four. What are you curious about? I'm curious about everything. You know, like I really, that's why I'm kind of in this data analytical space. I really love to be curious about just everything. I'm one of those people that enjoys learning for the sake of learning. Learning new fun facts, learning skills. For instance, I do data science projects in my free time just to build those skills up. Like I watch a show called Taskmaster, which I could spend a long time talking about Taskmaster, but essentially it's a game show of comedians over 10 episodes. And I was like, huh, I wonder what the correlation between the performance in the first five episodes and who wins is. And literally did a data science study on that just because I thought it would be fun to see how far my hunch went. And now I want to know. So how'd it go? Essentially to simplify, I think it's like 89% of the reason someone places at the end of the series can be correlated to how they did in episode five or what their placement was at the end of episode five. So very, very strong correlation between those two values. Interesting. And you just did this just because. I thought it'd be fun. It's just, it's a project on my GitHub. What's the second oddest thing that you can think of that you just like, I want to learn about that and went and learned about it. I mean, my podcast, just literally learning about canceled manga, I would say, is a pretty good point. That does fit right into what you, that's a good point. <laughs> Sometimes you just get into it, like, I think I read about Canada-Mexico relationships at, like, 2 a.m. for, like, an hour, just because I was like, I wonder what they do when U.S. isn't hanging out, you know? Like, you know, it's like when two of your friends are hanging out and you're not there that you, like, introduced them to for a lot. I don't know how much sense that makes, but I was like, I just kind of wonder what they're up to between Canada and the U.S. So sometimes I'll just, like, read Wikipedia pages like that. There are lots of interesting things going on in your brain, sir. Thank you, I try. Question. Number five, what should I ask you about that I didn't know enough to ask? I honestly don't know. I feel like I've told you all of my interesting secrets. Uh, you've already let me promote my podcast, so I feel like I don't need you to ask about that. I guess also another area I'm really passionate about is cooking, where I literally have been working on like a miniature cookbook just for myself. Just when I was living in Michigan, I didn't have anything better to do, and I would just cook all the time. So now, living in New York City, it's so tempting to do takeout, but it's also, like, the money you save when you cook. I don't know if you're a big fan of jerk chicken, but that's been my thing, like, go-to right now, is just getting people in the jerk sauce, where it's just like, you know what, tastes great, it's low-calorie, it's the perfect diet food, and you just make a crap ton of chicken, you make some rice and some broccoli, and you got a meal for a week. Is that your specialty, or do you have, yeah, do you have a go-to meal or anything like so, that? My go-to meal is, my because my girlfriend always makes me make this for people, is I have a Greek lemon chicken, where it's literally, you take a chicken, you take some olive oil, you take some lemon, and you roast it with potatoes, and then I usually will do, bake it with either carrots or string beans, which you'll do kind of in uh, olive oil as well on the stovetop with garlic, 
And that's my go-to meal is every time Rachel has me cook for someone, she always has me make that. Is that something that you came up with yourself with experimenting or did you discover that from a book? So the chicken is a recipe I found. The string beans actually are a recipe I came up with just string beans and then you just, and you add a little, so like it's always modifying it. So you add some pepper, you add some paprika, you add a little bit of lemon or lime to it. And it's just really great and it goes with it. It's usually what I make for Thanksgiving as well, which is great. So that's definitely one of my favorite recipes that I make for people. Is there a style of food that you gravitate towards? I don't think so. I just eat a lot of chicken, though. I don't like seafood very much, so definitely not that. But everyone eats chicken. So, you know, like, I'll make Korean-style chicken. I'll make shawarma, chicken shawarma. Um, I'll make Chinese. I'll make Kung Pao chicken. Greek style, as we heard. So really, no, I, I definitely don't feel like I'm trying to restrict myself to any one type of culture when it comes to cuisine. Question number six. If you could create a new holiday, what would it commemorate? It's so hard because I feel like all of these things already have it. For instance, definitely, I feel like enough people don't respect Leif Erikson, for instance. But (laughs) even though he's still, you know, the guy who was technically the first European person to discover america for lack of a better term because americans i think that why not just have there's not like a fu- official fun fact day you know where you just go around telling people fun facts at least as far as i'm aware there probably is one but i think there's just not enough respect for random trivia in a day where you just tell people you know you just you yeah you send us something and you're just like did you know that there are types of spiders that have more than eight eyes you know and that's just like how you say hello that day <laughs> I'm sorry, was that not a good fun fact? Uh, I actually possess both the most interest, the funnest fact, and the most useless fact in the world, if you'd like to hear them. Yes, I do. <laughs> so I'll start. So the most useless fact is Ohio is the only state in America that doesn't share a letter with the word mackerel. <laughs> the most useless piece of information ever created by humanity. The most interesting fact is... During the Cold War, there were Russia was very effective at catching U.S. spies. And throughout most of the Cold War, or throughout all the Cold War, they could never figure out how the U.S. or how Russia was able to catch the spies so easily. And it wasn't until the fall of the Cold War that the CIA was talking to former like KGB operatives. And it turns out that in Russia, stainless steel is not widely available like it is in the United States. And so by checking the staples in the fake passports the spies would use they could figure out it was fake wow and i believe that is the most interesting fact of all in all of humanity wow right isn't that crazy they (laughs) never could figure out that's how russians could tell and it's always a simple it's always something simple it's always something like they didn't have stainless steel staples in russia all the scientists and doing the research and all these super smart people figuring out ways to do everything to each other and simple, well, simple to us, stainless steel utensils did them in. That is yeah. incredible. I just think it absolutely blows my mind. How in the world did you run across that? I don't even remember. Uh, <laughs> it might have been on Reddit or something. <laughs> Let me see if I can find the article about it if you're curious. I posted it on Today I Learned, and I got like 10,000 upvotes, so that was great. So let me see. 
There will be a link in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, there you go. And then here's the exact citation where he said, 100 U.S. American nations were caught because their phony passwords have the wrong staples in it. It's absolutely just crazy. Just the strangest. That, <laughs> that is... I, I learn something every day, and I learn something from every... You were the one who learned that fun fact. Say again? I said today you're the one that learned that fun fact. Thank you very much for that. Any parting words? I think just, you know, thank you so much for having me on. Very much appreciate if people come check out my show. We also have a really big Discord community, if uh, people are familiar with that. We have almost 500 people, which is crazy. So yeah, just come check us out. And just, it was absolute pleasure talking with you. And thank you so much. These were a lot of really fun questions. Thank you very much. And can you do something for me? Oh, sure. Go for it. Uh, a six-word summary about your experience on Demand Does. Oh, man. Really fun, insightful questions to answer. That's my six-word summary. How's that? Perfect. That, that's Honestly, that was like, you know what? If I can get a six-word summary out of it, I will consider this interview a success. Uh, <laughs> always, happy, always happy to provide a six-word summary. <laughs> Say again? I said always happy to provide a six-word summary. It's what we do for the show, right? And then the one thing we also do are power words. So what was your power word for today? You knew I was going to turn it on you. Insightful. Oh, that's that's better than my six word summary. You got me good. Insightful. You've been doing this all my time. I can tell. <laughs> nope. I, just, I only needed one where you needed six. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had. I luckily I only had to. I only had to dip into my vocab just a little bit. I love it. I but, love it. David, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you once again for joining us. Whether it's your first time or this time, for the six questions. If you like the show, tell the world. Please jump on your podcast app and leave a five-star review and tell your friends. It's the best way to grow the show, and more can join the conversation. Next time, we talk about Digimon, comics, and being elected most original with the co-host of Chris and Eric's Longbox Adventure, Eric Klein. So, until next time... See it, hear it, speak it, 